Chapter 27 The boat pitched wildly as Heidi struggled to keep her balance. Emily screamed and let go of the branch to grab the sides of the boat. Just when it seemed the boat would throw them both into the icy pond, Heidi sat down and calm returned. Oh my! gasped Emily. Oh my! Oh dear! said Heidi. I didn't know that would happen when I hit the stake with the mallet. Everything all right? called Terence from the shore. We should tell him the boat is sinking, Heidi whispered to Emily. It would serve him right for making us come out and do this dangerous job. Emily looked down. Ah, uh, Heidi! Heidi looked down. Oh, no! she gasped. Terence! she shrieked. Water is getting in the boat! Did the plug come out? Terence wanted to know. For a moment, the girls investigated to see where the water was coming from. No, the plug is holding, Emily told him. It looks like water is seeping in from the from seams in the wood. You'll be fine, Terence answered them, just as Wyatt Stone would do. Don't panic, girls. Just get the boat back over here. Emily looked around to see where the branch had gone and was horrified to see it floating several yards away. Not only was water seeping into the boat, but now the girls had no way to push the boat back to the shore. Oh, no, wailed Heidi. We're gonna get wet. Emily and Heidi sat helplessly in the boat that bobbed in the center of the pond. They propped their feet up on the seats to keep them from getting wet as water continued to seep into the little boat. Help! Terence, do something, pleaded Heidi. Terence's heart pounded in his chest. Finally, he had a chance to prove that he was just as brave and brilliant as Wyatt Stone. I'll get you out of there, he promised. Just hold on while I figure something out. He reached into another vest pocket and pulled out his super strong shark strength fishing line. Ooh! said Emily through clenched teeth. I could just strangle him. Heidi, do you know how cold the pond water is right now? We'll freeze to death. M -m -m Maybe Terrence will know what to do, Heidi said hopefully, shivering. He knew how to b -b -b plug the hole, remember? Just then, Terrence yelled from the shore. I've tied a line around this rock he told them. When I throw it into the boat, you hang on to it and I'll pull you in. It took him three tries to land the stone in the boat. I've got it, shouted Emily. She and Heidi held, both held onto the thin nylon string Terrence had tied to the rock. Okay, I'll pull you in nice and slow so the string won't break, Terrence told them. It's working! exclaimed Heidi as the boat slowly started to move toward the willow trees. You're truly a genius, Terence," said Emily, feeling giddy with relief. Just then, there came a scraping noise under the floor of the boat, and their progress across the water halted. Oh no, we're stuck on something, said Heidi. Pull harder, Terence. Terence wrapped his end of the line around his hands and leaned back to give an even stronger pull. For a moment, 
It seemed as though the boat would pull free from whatever had snagged it under the water. But then, with a zinging snap, the line broke. Emily groaned and hid her face in her hands. Now the entire bottom of the boat was covered in freezing pond water. Terrence, think of something else, shouted Heidi. We're sinking! Terrence patted the pockets of his vest, trying to think clearly. What would Wyatt Stone do? Just then, Michael and Buddy returned from Lookout Rock. What's going on? asked Michael. Help us! We're stuck in the pond! shouted Emily. Our boat is sinking! shrieked Tidy, and the water is freezing! I'll go get my dad, said Michael, turning toward the path. No, wait, Terrence said. I can save him. Just give me a minute to figure it out. Michael shook his head. This isn't a puzzle, Terrence. This is serious. I'm going to get dad. He jogged up the path toward the house. I know what to do, Terrence insisted to Buddy. Here, I'll just get my knife and we'll chop down that tall tree over there and make sure it falls toward the boat. And then we can crawl out on the tree and get them safely to shore. Will you quit it? said Buddy. That's a crazy idea and you know it. What's wrong with you anyway, Terrence? Just trust me, said Terrence heading around the edge of the pond to the tree he had pointed to. You'll see. Help! yelled the girls from the boat. Buddy, help us! Buddy looked up the path. There was no sign yet of Michael and his dad. Terrence was crouched, crouched down at the tree, sawing at it with the small blade of his pocket knife. Buddy could tell the boat was sinking lower into the water. Something had to be done quickly. He kicked off his shoes then, gritting his teeth, he waded straight into the pond. The icy cold water made him gasp for breath. Just keep moving, he told himself. His legs ached the bone with the freezing cold of the water. The water quickly reached his waist and then his chest. Still, Buddy marched on. Reaching out, he grabbed the old rope on the front of the boat and gave it a mighty pull. The boat scraped off whatever held it and floated once more. Teeth chattering, Buddy plodded back to shore, pulling the boat behind him. He could not feel his legs at all. Buddy, you're a hero, cried Heidi. Oh, but you're going to freeze. Look at him, Emily. Buddy couldn't speak and was shaking from head to toe as he stood dripping on the shore. Just then, Pastor Thomas and Michael arrived, carrying a rope and some blankets. Hi, Emily and Heidi scrambled safely out of the boat as Pastor Thomas took charge of Buddy. That was very brave of you, Buddy, Pastor Thomas told him. Now we need to get you dry and warm as soon as possible. Quickly, he wrapped Buddy in one of the blankets. Do you think you can walk up the path to our house? He asked. Buddy nodded. Girls, you go on home and get into dry shoes, Pastor Thomas told Emily and Heidi. We've had enough excitement for the day. Come on, boys, let's go as quickly as we can to keep Buddy's blood pumping. Michael turned to follow his father and Buddy up the trail to his house, when suddenly he remembered Terrence. He stopped and looked toward the pond. Terrence! But Terrence was nowhere to be seen. Chapter 28 
Terence ran headlong up the path and didn't stop until he had slammed the door of the back hall behind him. For a moment, he leaned against the door, breathing hard and fighting with the lump that threatened to completely close up his throat. Then, with an angry scowl, he struggled out of his vest and flung it down. Pockets exploded and objects scattered across the slate floor. Terence didn't care. It had all been foolishness. Who did he think he was? To believe he could somehow become the bigger-than-life Wyatt Stone and make everyone think he was smart and important. But Terence knew his mother would never tolerate the mess he had just made. When his breathing had slowed somewhat, he grudgingly bent down to gather everything up, wrapping all the pieces of nothing inside his vest and clutching it to his chest to escape, to make his escape upstairs. He had almost made it to the steps when a tall figure suddenly stepped into the hall from the kitchen, nearly knocking him over. There you are, mate, a familiar voice rang out. Terence stepped back, surprised amazement chasing his anger away. Uncle Jake, when did you get here? Just arrived a little bit ago, his uncle said with a huge grin, reaching out to grip Terence's shoulders with his big hand. Just look at you, he exclaimed. I think you've grown a mile since I saw you last. What was that, two years ago? Seems like a million. Pure joy filled Terence's heart as he gazed at his uncle's face. His mother's younger brother Jake had always made Terence feel like the most important person in the world. When Uncle Jake had moved to Australia two years ago, Terence had been heartbroken. Are you moving back? Terence asked him hopefully. Afraid not, mate, his uncle replied. But I've come for a good long visit. I decided it's been far too long since I've seen my favorite nephew, so I hopped a plane and here I am. What's in your bundle there? Terence looked down at his vest, and the events of the day came flooding back to his mind. Nothing, he mumbled. His compass slipped out of the vest and hit the floor loudly. Uncle Jake bent and picked it up. Aha! Playing explorer, eh? Right said Terence in a flat voice, turning toward the steps. Uncle Jake followed him up to his room. Terence opened a drawer and stuffed the vest into it, hoping Uncle Jake wouldn't say anything more about it. His uncle spotted the book on his desk. My old friend Wyatt Stone, he said, picking up the book. I used to love these books when I was your age. You did? asked Terence. Sure, answered Uncle Jake. For a while, it was all I could think about. Man, I dreamed of being Wyatt Stone when I grew up. Hey, you practically are, said Terrence. Uncle Jake worked for the military and had traveled the world. To Terrence, it seemed that there was nothing he could not do. But Uncle Jake shook his head. No, not me, mate. Not even close. I've got too much heart for that, you know. What do you mean? asked Terence. Uncle Jake held up the book. Our man Wyatt Stone can do it all, he said. But have you noticed he never laughs or cries? He's never afraid or angry. He never makes a mistake and feels like a failure. All the things that make us human and make us need each other and most of all, need God. No, Wyatt Stone isn't any of those things, nor does he ever need anyone but himself. Then Uncle Jake laughed. 
But your Uncle Jake, on the other hand, I got all those human things covered in a big way. Terence blinked. I guess I never noticed that, he finally said. You will in time, said Uncle Jake. He put the book back on Terence's desk. Just remember, nephew, that the person God is making you into is a way more amazing than any make-believe hero. Uncle Jake tapped his finger lightly on Terence's chest and looked into his eyes. You, he said, be who you are and don't try to be anybody else. That's called having integrity, and not very many people in this world have integrity anymore. These days, people just try to create what they call their image so that they can make the most money possible. They reinvent themselves into what they think other people want so that they can have a big paycheck. But God says that's being a fool. Uncle Jake picked up Terrence's Bible and found a verse. Here, look at this verse I found the other day, he said, showing Terrence. Proverbs 28, 6. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. That's God's way, he told Terrence. Terrence's mother called them to dinner. Come on, mate. Uncle Jake grinned at Terence. I'm so hungry I could eat the whole house. When dinner was nearly over, the doorbell rang. I'll get it, said Terence. He was halfway expecting that Michael would come looking for him after what had happened at the pond. Instead, it was Buddy who stood nervously at the door. Terence stopped out onto, stepped out onto the porch, pulling the front door closed behind him. I was just coming to make sure you were okay, Buddy told him. None of us knew where you went. I know, answered Terence. Listen, Buddy, I'm really sorry for being so stupid. I don't know what got into me. I, I was trying to be someone that I'm not, and it put everyone in danger. You were the real hero, jumping into that cold water to pull the bo boat in. Are you okay? Buddy nodded and gave a half smile. My mom's not too happy with me, though, she replied. He replied, she keeps making me drink disgusting hot tea and rubbing some bad-smelling stuff on my chest like I have a disease or something. And look, she made me wear four shirts under my winter coat just to come over here. A long moment went by in silence before Terrence spoke. He looked down at the welcome mat and poked at it with the toe of his shoe. Is everyone mad at me? He asked. Not mad, answered Buddy. We're just kind of confused about who you were trying to be. That's all. Terence pushed his hands into his pockets, looking miserable. Don't worry, Buddy told him. We all do dumb stuff. Remember me with the metal detector? But Terence, just for the record, we all like the real you a whole lot better than whoever that was you were trying to be. Terence remembered what his uncle had told him before dinner. I was trying to give myself an image instead of having integrity, he told Buddy. But now I know how foolish that was. From now on, I'll just be me. I promise. Good plan, answered Buddy with a grin. I'm just glad you've, you're not out wandering in the wilderness somewhere. I should probably get back home before my mom calls the National Guard. That night, before Terrence crawled into his bed, he underlined the verse Uncle Jake had showed to him. Terrence felt he had learned a very important lesson. 
one that he hoped he would remember for the rest of his life.